Welcome to this week's episode of Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together, the podcast for entrepreneurs interested in fast growth and funding, powered by EHE Capital. Welcome to this week's Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together. This week, while Guy is still in Ibiza, Gary is joined by Richard Whitwell of LDC, the largest mid-market private equity house in the UK. Now, Richard is fascinating because he looks after the Midlands team, which accounts for about half of the up to 90 businesses that LDC can have in their portfolio at any one time. So today, Richard is going to be sharing some of his investor experience with us, which I'm really looking forward to. And I'm going to hand over to Gary to take it away. Thank you, Georgia. Well, welcome, Rich. I think we should start off with sort of giving an idea of how many businesses you look at on an annual basis and how many you invest in. I think Georgia's given a bit of insight there, but just useful to get a feel for how many you look at. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Gary. I work for one of the sort of biggest mid-market private equity companies in the UK, um, the, the, the private equity arm of Lloyd's. We invest in, in about 20 or 25 businesses each year, uh, and a portfolio of sort of eight to nine businesses at any one time. What does that mean in terms of how many entrepreneurs that we um, that we meet in any one time? The team I look after, which which covers the, the Midlands patch for, for LDC, we probably look at somewhere north of 200 businesses or 200 investment opportunities each year and, and we invest in a in a handful of those over the wow. course of okay. the last 10 years or so i guess you know i'll have looked at probably over a thousand businesses actually or thousand entrepreneurs actually not so much businesses you know during that in that sort of time frame if that helps but it's it's, it's very difficult to know because it's obviously part of our what we do every day and every every week sort of thing. No, I think that's a really good sort of backstop because clearly you've, you've got a hell of a lot of experience there. And I know you work for other private equity companies as well. So the help bit would be, what advice would you give entrepreneurs when they're looking for high growth capital, particularly from private equity companies? Have you got any little gems that you sort of repeatedly come across that would, that would help prospective entrepreneurs really? The first thing to do is not is people shouldn't be at all afraid of private equity because that is, you know, partnering with the right private equity partner, if you like, and I use the word partner carefully. There, you know, it has been a has been a really sort of well proven method to help you know already successful businesses grow, but grow you know more quickly and create significant value. So I think the first thing is not to be not to be overly concerned by tapping into the network that certainly certainly the likes of LDC have. That can be very helpful in unlocking new routes to growth or new ideas on people with different experiences, if you like, or possibly possibly expansion by acquisition or even internationally. The number one issue we look for, I think, when we're looking at an entrepreneur in particular is, is passion and ambition and, and, a, and a well thought through growth story. Every business that we invest in needs to have a growth story. That's super important, but clearly articulating what you know, what, what where the growth story will be delivered, how it will be delivered, and why particular entrepreneur or the management team that you're looking at are, are capable of doing that is is really really important. I think Gary. So it's particularly you know that's that's interesting because often people think about numbers when they think about private equity and investments etc. But the number one and two you look for is that passion and the ambition to grow. They're the two yeah, things we, that I've taken from you. I think so. Yeah, I, I think we, we we look more. We do look at the numbers, uh, and, and you'd expect us to because we're in a financial organisation. Yeah, plenty of people that 
work within the private equity industry generally and, and LDC for sure who who do understand numbers and we'll look at the numbers at some point but that, that's not where we start we certainly at LDC and not not every private equity firm takes this stance in sort of horse racing parlance we, we back the jockey not the horse so we're always looking the, the number one issue for us is to try and us back the right management team because you know the, the view we've taken and and, and uh, you know having backed as I say over 600 companies in you know over 40 years is a good management team you know keep you on the straight and narrow when times get tough and they will manage out difficult situations and um, and and it's more important getting the management team right than than anything else in our view. That's good. I agree. I think it's that's absolutely the number one to look for. Uh, is there a number two behind that, Rich? Or I think we start with the management team, but then uh, you know very quickly. And, and most entrepreneurs want to get onto this. Is actually then our, you know working out what their particular business model is so i think clearly articulating what the business model is why, why the business is, is in a good position why it's well positioned for growth and why they're well positioned to help that business grow all of those things come into it so and, and there's there's such a, a wide range of different types of businesses sectors business models that there's no there's then no one size fits all but we, we generally start with 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 a management team and then there's all sorts of things that flow from that in terms of you know what their track record is in previous businesses. You know how, yeah. how they, you know what's what's gone on historically. If you like, how they've managed the current business situation to get to to, to, to where it's at. Why it is there's a, a moment to have a deal right now. So there's a whole raft of issues around the sort of deal dynamics. Yes, yes. Uh, which we, we definitely start with. We, we we certainly start front and squarely with 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 the management team. So management, business model, and then there's a whole raft of things like the market and how unique they are. They're not commoditized, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, what do you for sure? Once you once you drill down, you know, don't don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of we, we <laughs> yeah. will absolutely we will absolutely drill down into uh, you know a company's market position, what its USPs are, what its barriers to entry are, what its competition are doing, what its you know how its margins look compared to its competition. So yes, yeah. we will definitely drill down into the market position and we'll drill down into the business itself as well in terms of operations and you know eventually we will of course we'll come on to the numbers and the financials and what the financial track record is so there's a whole raft of other things that flow from there but we still start with with you know the entrepreneur himself or the, or the management team as a, as a starting point good i think that's uh, that's really helpful what are the sort of common mistakes you find entrepreneurs make when they come to to ask for that growth capital, if you like, what's the sort of number one or number one and two sort of common mistakes that you either in their thinking or structure or business planning or what do you find out of most well, of the company? I think one thing to maybe maybe have a little think about here is 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 having an awareness of what the risks of, of a particular business are and, and or, or what Plan B might be or Plan C if Plan A doesn't go quite so well. Of course, we want everything. We want ambitious, driven, passionate managers who are successful. Of course, we want all that, in turn, and that's it. And you know, in an ideal world, but even though we want that, I think I think having an awareness that things don't always go quite so swimmingly, and therefore, yes. how do we approach what the risks are of a, of a given business or, 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 or business plan? What are the mitigating factors? How might you deal with certain scenarios if things do go against you? 
Yeah, and it could be, a, and there could be a myriad of things from regulatory risk to market risk to competition to you know key customer dependency to key supply dependency. You know, there's, there's any number of things, but you know, critically thinking through some of those and, and, and having an awareness to think sort of things won't always go your own way. I, I think is important. So that is something to be aware of. I think. So, it, but there's a striking right balance. I mean, we, we we're looking for people who are confident in their ability to deliver a plan. But at the same time, having an awareness that sometimes, sometimes things go against you, and life happens, and things get in the way, and, and you, you might have to go down Plan B or Plan C. I think that's a that's a really good point. I, I, I have, I'm probably guilty myself of when you've got a plan and you've got a business, you you only you know as the leader, you only look at the the upsides. It's really you know fantastic and rosy, and it does need, as you say, mitigating factors, scenarios, and risks. And we can, from an investor's point of view, yeah, we can help. We can help do that. I mean, but equally, if we come out with a really, if, if I come out with a really obvious question, that you sort of think, well, actually, somebody should really have thought of that, you know, before, and rather than being caught on the hoof, yeah, it, or, or, or it reflects a lot better, doesn't it? If you, you know, you don't want sort of stat answers to every question, because but but equally, if at least somebody's considered some of the questions and risks and concerns and issues that might be arising. In advance, I think that I think that reflects well that there's a sort there's a bit more balance to it. Yeah, you want to have that sort of conviction that that actually you will deliver your plan because that's what, ultimately that's what you're backing. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that, and and it works both ways, both with the us, if you like, uh, having some kind of chemistry with it with with a, with a management team and an entrepreneur. That you think, well, actually, that's I, I can I can see why that would work well. I think it's going to work both ways. That you know, working out. The, the chemistry between an entrepreneur or, or a management team and, and their potential investor, I think I think that's quite important, actually, Gary. Well, a small experience I've had is that you do find that chemistry or you don't. It's pretty pretty quick, yeah, depending on yeah. how the questioning is and the culture, isn't it? Yeah, it's a slightly longer term investment situation. It's not you know you're not you're not getting a, a loan online for a, for six months or a year. You know, it, it's a longer term, generally a sort of several years i mean who, who knows you know two three four five six or longer years and therefore you, you want you do want to be able to engage with the people and, and and have some kind of rapport with the people that are going to be sitting around the board table with you yeah and, and i think it also you, it's important for the entrepreneur to think outside of themselves you can always look at it through your eyes they need to think of it from an investor's eyes you know if i was putting my money in here what would concern me I need yeah. to have gone through that thinking really a little bit before getting in touch with the likes of yourselves. Yeah, and and, and I think you, you make a really good point there about having just having an aware or trying to put yourself in the shoes of other stakeholders in the in, in the equation. And there may be, you know, quite often the, the relationship you have with a an entrepreneur or management team has with with a with a bank is really important as well. I mean, as as well as other investors. So, you know, putting yourself in the shoes of the of the bank as well, and just trying to understand how they might look at things, and, and they have a they have a different sort of requirements. I think is really important. So I think you make a good point there, Gary. That there are that there quite often there are other stakeholders involved in certainly deals that we get involved with. You know, whether it's there's a management team, there might be other shareholders from from a sort of from a legacy situation, or, or you know, founder shareholders that that are still stakeholders. There might be other financial institutions like banks possibly even other investors as well. And we've come across 
situations with a, with a number of stakeholders. Actually, being able to manage those stakeholders is is quite you know is quite an art in itself. I think. Yeah. No, I can get that. Definitely get that. Okay, so they've now wowed you, if you like, and you've invested, and we're as you say anywhere between three and seven, eight, nine years, whatever whatever the period is. Do you find some commonality with successful teams? Is there, you know, entrepreneurial teams that have, you know, you've seen them come in, you've seen them go out. Is there a, is there a trait that you feel uh, um, is a requirement? What would I say are the common traits? Well, go back to that first one that I mentioned earlier on. I think having, having an, an overarching ambition, I think, is really helpful. So don't, don't be shy on ambition and don't, don't be shy on, on, I'm not saying grand ambition, but actually make, you know, be ambitious. I mean, this is the time to do it, isn't it? We, we want to back, you know, we, 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 we like to back ambitious, successful people. And, and if you haven't got the ambition to start with and, and the thought, well, I can do this, then that's always tricky. Yeah. I, I think flexibility, you know, we've talked about some of the issues of, of making sure that you you actually at least think about some of the things that might knock you off, off your path, if you like, recognising that life does get in the way sometimes. So yeah. I think an ability to to adapt, you know, adaptability over uh, over time is is helpful. You might have the one common goal in your mind, but there are, there may be different ways to get there if you get knocked off off your path. I think resilience is a one that is a word that sort of often springs up because the truth is sometimes you you do that there are knocks. I mean, how many businesses have been severely knocked in COVID, for instance, over the last year eighteen months, or for Brexit, or for other reasons. So there are lots of things that can come at you as a as a as a business leader. So I think you do need resilience, and sometimes they, you know, sod's law, they tend to come in waves, don't they? You get two or three bad things at one go, and you think, "Crikey, is there? Can there be anything else?" You know, a bit like COVID. You know, you suddenly get another wave of COVID. I thought it was all over, but it's not. You know, so I think resilience is definitely one that that would spring to mind. I heard a rumor one time, and I don't know whether you you subscribe to this, but. But if management teams don't complete their hundred-day plan diligently and give it the desired focus, that's one of the indicators that you know they don't tend to succeed. Is that is that just folklore, or is that any substance? In um, it may be. <laughs> You've got that's a new one on me, and and, and, you, and you, there may but there may be something in that. In this, I think what's most important on the hundred-day plan. Most sort of private equity investors have some kind of some kind of version of that, and we certainly have a, a you know what we what we think is a sort of reasonably refined version that's been refined over many many years, if you like, and keeps getting improved. I think what is disappointing is if people don't engage in it. So I yeah. think if good engagement in a hundred day plan, recognizing that actually it's often a different time frame to a hundred days, and quite often a number of things on a hundred day plan might be. You know, slightly longer term initiatives, but I think if you're not getting engagement, and it's kind of now that we've got the investor, we know how to we know how to manage our business, and we're not we're not receptive to that those external ideas. I think that can be a real warning sign. Actually, I mean, I can only speak for how we operate at LDC. We back management teams, and you know that I know that because we sold. You know, we, we we were at Forest Holidays together, so I, I know. You know, we know that that's how LDC. Uh, operate if you like so we don't want to be running the businesses that we invest in at all in fact none of us can because none of us by definition none of us are, are going to be anywhere near as capable as the entrepreneurs and management teams that we back 
we might have some you know good ideas or interesting thoughts or just things to bring to the party from that experience of having dealt with many many businesses over many years and the sort of depth of experience that's within an organization like ldc so if that's then ignored say if, if yes. you don't go on dream and he said well, so it's all right now that i've now that we've got our investment, we'll, we'll we'll sort that out. Thanks very much. We'll just manage. Then I think that's that's a disappointing, but uh, and, uh, and b could be a warning sign. Actually, it could be you know it, or it's certainly not a positive sign of engagement, is it? That that's not a, as much sign of a, a sort of partnership. No, and no, it's a bit. They plan things might be governance or you know there's a whole raft of things on there. But I, I, I think that it's more the attitude. I think that's as important as anything else. Hey, you speak with a lot of experience, so it's always useful to get get your thoughts. I think just as we sort of finish off, in your experience, just a bit more lighthearted, what do, what do entrepreneurs do with their money when they've made it? You you must have made some entrepreneurs very wealthy over over your tenure. What do you yeah. find they tend to do with it? Do they is it goods well, or is it what is it? Was it vary? What do they do with their uh, their money well, they've made? Do you know what? Quite, and this might sound a bit odd, but quite often uh, successful entrepreneurs actually reinvest in their own business. They're happy yes. to go. And I thought you'd that, say that, actually. And I we've seen that several that. times, actually. We've seen that several times with people who go, do you know what? I, I could put it with a wealth a, a wealth advisor and do something like that or I'll do it myself on the, or wherever. But actually, I, I'm backing myself, which is what we like anyway. I'll, 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 I'll put some more money back into the... Now, you know, yeah. they might money out as well but actually put some more money back into their existence and have another go and we have seen a number of those where people have gone gone a couple of times and had another sort of turn roll of the dice if you like or even two or three times sometimes under our you know under our sort of varying degrees of our our ownership if you like i mean the other the other thing that uh, one or two people do and certainly if they want to you know what you do with your money if people make money and are successful great you should enjoy it and, and do things that actually appeal to you personally so that, that could be that could be yes. whatever you whatever you're into you know um but what some people do is they like to impart some of their experience that they've had of, of developing successful businesses and actually put something back into other businesses so you know and go down the perhaps perhaps look at uh, non-exec routes or perhaps look at investing in smaller businesses which are maybe you know they recognise some of the pain, growing pains that they went through, perhaps you know many years ago, and and help somebody else come up and uh, yeah know, yeah sort of earlier on in their sort of stage of their career yeah there's quite a lot um, of that as well isn't there really I think I suppose the first base is to protect your family and yourself financially and then you know look to reinvest look to help others I think that's true I get it I get it yeah I think. Uh, but and every everybody's got their own personal circumstances. So uh, you're right. People people look to sort of protect the family initially. But you, you know what what we find with with entrepreneurs is that you know truly entrepreneurial, ambitious managers who who have been successful actually quite like to share some of that success elsewhere and, and impart some of that knowledge elsewhere, and, and 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 be involved in other businesses as well. And that you know if we find the right forum for that, I think that can be quite powerful actually. Really powerful. And it's nice to hear, you know, often the outside view of entrepreneurs, you know, it's all about capital and greed. and But the truth is somewhere else, isn't it? Yeah, abs- oh, absolutely. Yeah. And actually, a lot of people are very generous with their money, actually, and give, you know, give quite a lot away. So there's, there's plenty of sort of more altruistic uh, ways of, 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 of spending money that, that when people have made it. 
And I think that's highly laudable. And I can think of a number of people who, who put a lot of money to work in, in, in some very good charitable causes. I can. Rich, that is brilliant. Some fantastic insights for our listeners. Thank you for your time. I think we're done. Cheers. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Gary. Cheers. Thank you both of you for the conversation. Just to jump in annoyingly at the end, Rich, where can people find out more about you? A good start point is is always our our website, isn't it? www.ldc.co.uk. And uh, you'll certainly find details of of myself and and, and lots of other sort of uh, colleagues on there. So, and I was quite quite impressed that I typed in Richard Whitwell in Google and you came up immediately with a photograph and all your details. There you go. That's how embarrassing. <laughs> Very good. Good. LDC are doing a good job on your behalf, I think. Well, there you go. That's a good, good. Well done, LDC. <laughs> Thank you both. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together. Visit the EHE Capital website, ehe.capital, for further insights and to join the EHE community.